mind, and uh, if you have your Bible, you could turn with me uh, to Isaiah 26 and 9. If not, just look up on the screen, and uh, we'll uh, forgive you for not having your Bible handy and bringing your Bible to church, and uh, won't judge you too harshly, okay? In fact, this kind of spoiled me. There's places I go now, and I even have my Bible, and I just won't even look. I say, hey, you know, it's already, they doing it for me. So I guess it's okay to do that. Isaiah 26, verse number nine, amen. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Woo, this goes beyond my head. Goes beyond a lot of things, but it gets way down deep. Amen. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. In other words, it's the first thing I'm gonna do. It's on the top of my list of to do things is to seek you. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Hallelujah. With my soul, I have desired thee. I'd like to speak about, if I could today, the power of desire. Maybe we could use other words. Maybe we could say the power of hunger. You know, there's a saying and, uh, in the fighting business. I don't, get, I don't watch, I don't, I don't wanna watch it too much. I watch a little here and there and I see a few clips and, and uh, you know, it's just the man part of me coming out. Not ashamed of that. But, but the, the announcers will say something about a fighter. He won't be all bulked up. He won't look like the tough, you know, sometimes you can look at a guy and just say, wow, I'd hate to get in the ring with him. He's, he's like, you know, he's just bad. He looks bad. But once in a while, somebody will get in the ring and they just don't look like much, but they're bad. But the, the, the announcer will say, this guy's hungry. He has heart. You know, I used to teach my son. I, I, please don't get me wrong. I, I don't teach fighting, going out and beating people up. If I ever did, all those days are over now. But when there's bullies that come along on the playground, and I used to teach Chad, when he was a little bitty boy, Chad, I would, I would, you know, look right at him and say, don't you ever pick on anybody. Don't you ever make fun of people, and especially crippled people and, and retarded people. And, you know, don't ever do that. But if somebody comes along and jumps on you, I believe in self-defense. <laughs> you can do it in Jesus' name. If you want him spiritual, you can do it in Jesus' name if you want to. That's what I used to do. In Jesus' name. <laughs> but here's what I would, here's what I would tell Chad. He, he could quote this probably better than I could. I said, now, son, there's some people you can just hit them and that's the end of it. They'll just, oh, they just that, that'll be the end of it. But I said, there's some guys out there and you, don't, you can't tell by looking. There's some guys you can hit them hard as you want to. And guess what? They're going to shake their head. They get up. And all you did just made them mad. So don't think it's like in the cowboy days. You, you know, remember the cowboy movies? They'd hit them and then they have to pick them back up and hit them. <laughs> hey, don't do that. <laughs> I said, you hit them and then keep on hitting them till somebody comes along and has to drag you off of them. Because you can't take a chance on them getting back up and they're really mad now and they're going to beat the daylights out of you. 
If you go, my advice is not even to do it. Don't even start. But if you ever do, it's how you do it. If we're going to live for God, we got to have heart. We got to be hungry. We've got to be in business. Let me tell you something, folks. The enemy don't like what you're doing. Who was it, Peter or James says, think it not strange. Oh, the, the enemy attacked me. So, you know what? Look around. I make somebody right here going through it right now. I'm gonna help you out a little bit. You look, I want you to look around. Every single person in here. Now, some of them don't show it on the outside. I know. Hey, y'all, we starting a new style with walking sticks around here. <laughs> We looked the other day, somebody was in all said, look, you know, look at the wall. I'm not picking on y'all, it is kind of funny though. I mean, it's like walking sticks everywhere around here. My wife wanted to get me one, I said, oh, no way, huh? no, no. <laughs> I mean, they're crippled people. <laughs> Sister Valerie came into my office yesterday and I called it a kickstand. I said, look, get your kickstand, will you? Hallelujah. Listen. All you got to do is just look around. You think, here's what the devil will do to us. I'm going to get on my, my sermon in just a minute. But here's what the enemy wants to do. You're all by yourself, getting all beat up. Everything's coming against you. All hell's coming loose against you. Unhappy, no shout in you. Hadn't felt a goosebump in, in months. And so you just kind of, listen, if you would look around and look in the face of it, everybody here has been attacked by the enemy. Everybody here has all hell being poured out on them. And the fiery darts are coming right and left and they're coming pretty often. It's not whether you get attacked, it's if you, it's when you get attacked. And it's how you respond to it. I see people walk in the door, I think they're gonna trip on their bottom lip. It's hanging so low. We gotta get our chin up. Not because everything's going well, but because he's still in control. He's still in charge. He still loves me. That's why, that's why I shout. That's why I give praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. One of the first things I picked up on Brother Ruck, I'm not picking on him today, but his, his beautiful daughter, guy came across the line, head-on collision, broke her wrist, broke her foot, surgery, another surgery. You know, listen, when it, when it clouds up the rain, it pours. But the first thing he said was God's in this. We know that God's got his hand in this. Some of us... We don't have the revelation yet. We just think we're under attack. You are because you are a threat to the kingdom of the enemy. That's why you're under attack. So we ought to thank God for all of our trials, all of our troubles. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look over and smile at somebody. Tell them it's gonna be all right. Just give them a little word. It's gonna be fine. Tell them they're in the right place. You're in the right spot. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. There's, there's, there's several sources, 
So I'm certainly not gonna just try to narrow this down and just say that, that desire is the only thing. It is just something I'm gonna deal with right now. We've talked about power and forgiveness. People are held hostage because they don't forgive and don't let things go. And, and so there's power in that. So there's, there's just a, you know, there's, there's power in worship. We always talk about that. Uh, power in submission, power in obedience. There's a lot of ways to receive things from God and get to the next, next level. But I want to talk about, amen, the power of desire. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there was, I don't know if you met Alan Oggs, the late Alan Oggs, a guy from New Orleans, uh, born with cerebral palsy. Uh, doctor said he'll only be a vegetable. You know, he'll never walk. He'll never know anything. He'll never talk. And he defied every bit of that, wrote several books. But, but to read, if you've never read Alan Oggs' book, especially one, let me recommend one. He's got one called You've Gotta Have the Want To. You gotta have the want to. I laughed and cried and then laughed some more and cried some more reading that book years ago. Amen. Listen, he he would tell stories in his traditional southern kind of Cajun-like New Orleans style and, and, uh, you know, when he wanted to get a bike, he couldn't even walk. He was just a kid. He couldn't walk like all the other kids, but he wanted a bike. And, and of course, they knew he was bright, he was smart by that time, but his mom said, Alan, you, you know, you're a cripple, but you're not crazy. And just, you know, how do you expect, you can't walk and you go ride a bike? Well, the story, the, the, the chapter, he talked about riding the bike and it fell on him and he crashed and he crashed again and skinned himself up. And some of y'all need to listen to me here. Amen. Over and over all day long. But he would talk to things. Maybe we need to learn how to do that. He talked to the enemy and talked to his trouble and talked to what was going on and what he wanted to conquer that had been conquering him. And the bike pretty much conquered Alan that first day. He said, but that night, you know, he said he leaned that bike up against the house and he was going in the house and he looked back at that bike and he said, bike, said, you won today, but I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. That's how we have to face things. Amen. Just because you got knocked down a couple times, just because the enemy attacked you, because things didn't go your way and didn't feel like shouting today and giving praise today, amen. There's tomorrow if God allows it, amen. If he, if, if he tarries his coming again, listen, there'll be another fight, there'll be another battle, amen, and we're gonna be on the front lines because we're not giving up, amen. We're hungry, amen. Hallelujah, we've got heart. Hallelujah, amen. It seems... That, that our society, and I'm sure every society, is always in search of power. Uh, you know, I wanna talk about the desire a little bit, but first let me look at just power here. It, it, we're just kind of power hungry in this country, amen. You know, you know, the quest for power, hallelujah, amen. It, it, it's just here. Every one of us, regardless of who we are, where we live, amen, it, it, it's just that, 
I want some, listen, I want power to make my marriage go right and I want power to be able to, to have a good credit score if I want to go buy what I want. And, and you know, again, it's just, it's a means to get what we want. Amen. And, and, and of course, power spans from probably schoolyard scuffles all the way to nuclear arms races. I mean, it's just every walk of life and every level of life, there is men and women who are seeking power. Just think about it. Commercials uh, in magazines and TV ads, you know, they preach to us about certain products will empower us. I mean, we have power drinks now. We used to have a gum you could lose weight. It was called power gum. I mean, it, it's an advertisement. You know, it kind of kind of hits us where it where it matters. Amen. And so, you know, you you. I, in fact, I took a power nap yesterday. I don't know who named it that, but I I only got a little while, you know, and lay back in my recliner, you know. But it but it appeals to us. There's power bars, but but real power, real power often eludes us. And so that brings us to right here where we are right now, amen. And I desire, I hunger after the real power, amen. And all the rest of it's counterfeit for the most part. Acts one and eight, he said, ye shall receive power. And if God called it power, but he said it's after the Holy Ghost comes on you. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't leave this place, amen, until somebody laid hands on me and prayed me through till I talked in tongues for a while. I'd have to have evidence of it because the enemy is working, amen, and trying to push me down, amen. And let me tell you something, there's pressure, but you don't have to go where the pressure is trying to take you. Did you hear me? Amen. I confess and I admit that there's pressures around and we're all battling them. Amen. But uh, we don't have to do that. We have another, we have a power in us. And so I desire that power to combat. I can't do this on my own. Listen, desire, uh, and I want to narrow it just a little bit. Desire is an absolute. You can't just saunter in here and say, well, if I don't come to church, a preacher, he'll probably be contacting me, wondering where I, yeah, I will, and I'm wondering if you're okay. You, you, can't, you can't make it. You certainly can't have revival. You certainly can't pray anybody through to the Holy Ghost, lead anybody to the Lord. That's why the enemy doesn't matter if you pay tithes. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care if you come to church. Or even shout a little bit. But he don't want you to get too involved in this. He wants you to kind of stay on the edges. Listen, but I'm talking about getting enough power that it'll affect your neighbors. I'm talking about getting enough authority, amen, and hunger inside of us for the spiritual things of God that it will overpower every enemy that comes, amen, against us. But that's what this devil is scared of and afraid of. Just because you're connected up to this church doesn't mean very much. I, I want to be close to the front. I'm not going to let an altar service go by without me getting in that altar and around that altar. Amen. If, if anybody's going to shout and praise, then I'm going to be a part of that. Why? Because I have a desire. Hallelujah. I said I have a desire. Amen. To get close to God. Without desire, 
we couldn't be saved. There's no way we'll ever repent unless we desire to be forgiven. Elementary, amen, shallow seemingly, but we have to do this. There's, there's people who just go to church and just see how it, go, how it goes. If that don't go good, we'll go to the next church. Down and see how Listen, the enemy's gonna see to it that you're gonna have a downtime. You're gonna have a, you have a service that's just not, people are not swinging off the chandeliers. You're gonna get down where the rubber meets the road. You get down to the nitty gritty. The preacher's gonna, you know, drop his watermelon. Scatter watermelon seeds everywhere. And that means in the South, that means he didn't do too good with his deliverance. Hallelujah. You're just gonna, you know. Let me say it this way. There is, there's coming. You gotta have desire because we have to go to the threshing floor. You ever study the wheat? I mean, it's everything from, from beginning to end. It, it's, it's typical of the church. It's what the church has to go through. First off, guess what they do? They cut it loose from the ground. What is that? That represents you have to, there's gonna come separation time from this world. This world's gonna have parties. They're gonna go out and get drunk and get high and all that. Guess what? You're gonna have to separate from that. You're gonna be different, you're gonna have to be odd. Some folks see no, they see no reason for any kind of a standard. Go join the military and see if you can just go in there and do what you wanna do. They're gonna set standards and they're proud of those standards. You can see one, listen, I've seen old country boys go in the military and they whip them in line. They beat some of you military folks. I see you shaking your head right. Listen, and I know I've been I knew them, grew up with them. Amen. And see them come back, they're stalwart and straight and have their chin up. What did that? Standards. They got beat up, beat down, tested, tried. When they came out, they were different. Listen, listen, God's church, it's called the army of the Lord. And people just made it. We're just gonna just come in here and see how we like it. No, we're gonna we got marching orders. Amen. We're gonna do right and act right. Set yourself some standards. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I love when you respond to that because the flesh doesn't want to do that. I want to lay in. This morning I wanted to lay in. Can I make a confession? Boy, the bed, we got this mattress. It feels so good, y'all. When I get in the bed at night, when I get in the bed at night, and we're late, we get, we stay up late for some reason, like I guess part hoot owl or something. And, and when I finally get in the bed, I'm like, oh, honey, why did I wait so long to get in the bed? I almost don't know, honey, I do that almost every night. Why, why did I wait? This thing feels so good, but I'm always finding something else to do. And I finally get in the bed. I mean, I, wow, it just feels good. So I could have stayed in the bed even after sleeping several hours. That's the test. But you know what? The standard says, roll your hide out of there. Don't give in to your flesh. It's a standard. And that's the people that are the foundation stones. They're the blocks and the framework for a a mighty church, an army of God that influences neighbors and friends and the world. That's who does it. It's not people who are just looking for the, the, you know, the next high or the next nice sermon. Listen, turn the radio on or the TV and you can get that. Amen. We're not talking about entertainment. We're talking about digging down yes. with desire. Yes. Amen. And building something here. Yes. 
that'll outlive us. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. Webster says desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Strongly wish for or want. I like the word strongly. Desire is the absolute key to everything that we have or we hope to have. I said it's the key, amen. If we don't have desire, I just don't think there's very much, maybe not anything we can accomplish. We just can't. David said in Psalms 34 and seven, he said, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Listen, that's the reason or one of the reasons that we promote worship here. That's why we tell people to smile at each other. It improves your face value. And it helps the room, hallelujah, that you're in, amen. Listen, David is giving us a principle. God will meet you at the level of your desire. Did you hear me? Amen. You got a little bit of desire, you get a little victory. and get a, You got a little more, you get a little further. Listen, whatever your level of desire is, that's where God will meet you. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling my Holy Ghost right now. I'm feeling somebody, amen. Listen, it's simple, it's not complicated. Hallelujah. It was desire that inspired David to write things like, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. They, they, they made a song out of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 146, verses one and two. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I? he was making a proclamation here. He was saying, this is what I'm gonna do. He was claiming it. Amen. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Now, notice, notice, he didn't say, if all goes well, and if a wife don't burn the biscuits, and he can't be like the guy that says, if the Lord pays my bills right on time for me, then I'll build a church in Westminster. No, 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 he just, it doesn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what God did or what God didn't do for me. He just simply said, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna praise the Lord. I'm gonna sing praises to my God while I have any being, while I have life in me. This is what I'm gonna do. Hallelujah. That's how you do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read somebody right here. I'm gonna read somebody right here. David's a man after God's own heart. We, it's, that's a misunderstood scripture right here. Some of us think that that means that David was like God. No, 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 no. He wasn't like God hardly at all. Amen. He, it simply meant that he sought after God. He had a desire for the things of God. He was hungry for a relationship. He wasn't like God. Just, just, just look at his life, amen, amen. It seems to me that God was pleased with this desire, everybody say desire. desire. That men and women had toward him. They didn't have much else, amen. Especially, like we say, if you read and you study their life, it seems like it messed up everything. But God kept putting up with them and tolerating them for one thing. They had this hunger toward God and for God. Amen. When I look at the mistakes that David made 
and the sins he committed. It proves right there that he certainly wasn't like God. Notice, let's look at it like it is. He was a man after God's own heart, all right? Hallelujah, amen. He committed things. I mean, there must have been something more powerful. This is how we have to think about it. This is where I'm gonna reach somebody with. There's something, there had to be something more powerful than David's mistakes. Here again, you see some, oh yeah, boy, they messed up. You know, well, we can focus on the mess up and we have to do a certain amount of that. That's the only way you learn how to trust somebody. All you have to go by is what they did before and what they keep on doing. Well, you know, in other words, you know, if you got a, a brain that you can figure things out with and reason, you're like, well, there's a good possibility he's gonna do this because that's what he's been doing all the time. That's why standards are important. That's why doing right ministry, people in leadership doing the right thing and, and doing it over and over and over again. Because, not because of God so much, but because the world is looking and you can destroy your own witness. Remember, we're called to be witnesses. Somebody used to say, as X has said to me more than once, well, God forgive them, why can't we forgive? We do forgive them. But I don't wanna give them a microphone and put them in a pulpit and say, now tell us how to live, what to do. And no, because in my mind, it keeps going, I know what he did, you know, he just kept. So, so you know, you need to do right. All right, you know, there's, there's qualifications for bishops and, and, and elders and leaders in those, it's right there. We have to at least do that. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's something that's more powerful than our mistakes and our mess ups. Hallelujah. Stronger than our worst sin. Hmm. There must be something that can get us through all of this. Think about it with me. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied about how much money they sold their property. Remember the New Testament? They lied about it. You know what God did? God killed both of them within minutes, smote them dead in the, in the altar area, right in front of the, the, the congregation. Hallelujah. They, they, I mean, I don't probably... I don't make it a practice of lying. The Bible said all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. I, I, I don't want to do that. But I'm pretty sure that my human reasoning, and I think I'm probably read some of you right here, have probably just twisted it around and it's really, really close to being a lie. You know, you know, according to our laws of our land that came right out of the Bible, by the way, a part of truth. <laughs> An untruth, it becomes an untruth, it's a lie. That's why when you go into a court of law, they make you promise, raise your right hand, used to put your hand, I don't think you do that anymore, maybe you do in some courts, and you promise to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. And you have to say yes, or I do, or, or no, I don't, one or the other, to get on that witness stand. You have to promise. The reason the whole truth and nothing the truth, because if you leave off something, it becomes an untruth. You add something, it be still that makes it an untruth. You have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you know, I, we're pretty sticklers about that in the church. There's there's churches all over the place. Some are like, oh, y'all is just y'all split hair. Yeah, we do. When it comes to my soul, sir, I'm not taking any chance. I'd rather get before God and say, you know, you really didn't have to do all that. You know, I'm like, well, just in case. 
I want to take care of that, you know. But that's folks just take oh, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's people, it's lay people. They have no authority. But they just give people, oh yeah, you can do that. It's okay, all right, it's okay to do this. Okay. While the Bible is saying one thing, that's taken away, adding to, whatever, you, guess what? That is a lie. It's the perfect opposite of what God is. God is truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. I'm a, you know what? I'm aware that there's probably, as it filters out, amen, there's folks who won't, they'll take this and go through that. You know, that's your, that's your privilege. You can do that if you want. I never gave myself that choice. Whatever they, pre, the, the place where people laid hands on this goofy little uneducated country sinner. When I didn't know anything about the power of God, I felt it come upon me. I never forgot it. Never could shake it. Backslid for a couple of years or tried to. Scared out of my wits, Brother Johnson. I could get in back in the 60s and people, my friends that I went to school with, they had muscle cars, you know, and, and that would just literally pop a crick in your neck and just pin your ears back. And I could, and it seemed like I ended up in people car like that, and and I'm like, and everybody just having a good time, and I'm thinking, if this thing rolls, if this thing crashes, I know where I'm going. Amen. I'm not in the church. I'm out having me a party and hanging. I don't know. It's just the way I took it. Maybe you feel like you can live anyway. I'm sorry. I just feel the leading of the Holy Ghost say this and I'm gonna get right off of it. Maybe you feel like you can just not be involved and just hang around and make your own. I never gave myself that privilege. I can't do that. I can't curse. I can't tell a lie. I can't smoke a cigarette. I can't take a drink of booze. I know that this is okay right now. I know I could, back in those days, the Beatles had just come out and they didn't even have really long hair. It was just kind of on their ears. Amen. The preachers told us if you have hair on your ears, it's considered long hair. And the Bible says, doesn't even nature itself teach you that it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Well, guess what? Amen. I had me a redneck buzz cut, amen, none nowhere near my, I did just like Brother Thompson with the beard kind of thing, amen, no, no, you know, no real scripture on, on facial hair, but I just explained to Brother Thompson, I said, you know, Brother Thompson, we don't have any, but, but, but our movement, the whole UPCI, when they, you know, they came through the 60s and the 60s was a rebellious age. We just didn't want to be associated with all that rebellion. We understand now. We understand now that you have bankers and you have business people that, that did go to college and go to school and they have beer. And that's not real. We understand that. It's a style and it's okay. And so I explained that all. I said, I would never, ever preach against that. Amen. That's a man's privilege if he wants to do that. Amen. But I said, you go to our movement, the older people like me, you know, they'll like, they won't say a word because they're just like me. But I said, It'll, you'll just be somehow, you know, a little different. And he, I, I gave him every kind of opening that was in our Bible study to just tell, you know, hey, well, and he had this little strap. You couldn't only see it. Little mustache, cute, cute little mustache, you know. <laughs> cool. It was all right. I, and honestly, it's maybe too straight for some of y'all. But he looked at me. Let me tell you. God can do something with a man like this, with a spirit like this. Hallelujah. He said in that, in that Jamaican, he said, I think I will cut it off. 
<laughs> I said, all right. Hallelujah. In other words, you're just with us. But there's folks, listen, it's like Brother Nugent told me one time. He said, there's folks, he said, if there is a splinter group, you know what a splinter, you ever see a nice piece of wood and there's a splinter out here. You try to pull that little splinter, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you pull off a whole chunk of wood before you're over with. He said, he said there's splinter groups in the church or around the church. He said, if there is a splinter group, he said, there'll be folks, that's where they will be. You can move into a different church and they'll find that group and that's where they will be. It's just a little bit separate. It's still connected, but it's just not with the main crew. I'm telling somebody, amen, in this house today, amen, if you will learn, amen, how to not pamper your flesh and, and follow every excuse. Oh, they said it was, who are they? Listen, if I was going to a Catholic church, Brother Ruck, if I was going to be Catholic, I'd go to the Catholic priest. I'd find out what kind of studies they got going, and that's just what I'd, I'd just do what they do. If I'm going to be a Catholic, I'll just be a good Catholic. If I'm going to be an apostolic or claim to be, I just need to find out what the apostolics and the Pentecostals teach and believe. I just go to the top man. In fact, I just read out of Brother Bernard's book today. Amen. And we're going to use that for leadership. Amen. He's the head knocker in the UPCI. I'm just going to, whatever he believes, that's what we'll do. And that's where the blessings are. That's where the, that's where the power is. When you get hungry enough and you have enough desire for the things of God, just like David. Oh, he messed up and kept messing up, amen. But guess what? He hungered after God. That's why, that's why David, I have my own opinion, that's why when the man of God came and told the little story about the man that had you know, all the sheep and then the a custom was when company comes, you go kill a lamb and prepare dinner for him. You know. Well, he went over to his neighbor's house and he got the, he, they had one little ewe lamb that the kids played with and it played in the yard. He went and took his lamb. Speaking of Bathsheba, amen. David had all the women, all the wives he wanted but yet he picked the man that had one wife and took her, amen, and that's what the prophet was saying. He said, what do you think we ought to do to a guy like that? Well, David, being human in flesh just like us, man, he just spit out all kind of judgments ought to be against that guy. We ought to take him and teach him a lesson. Well, amen, thank God for a prophet. Nathan looked at him and said, thou art the man. You did that. Well, David had the, this is, again, this is my opinion. David had enough, amen, he had sought after God and he had enough of God. Now remember, he's the king and a lot of prophets had been thrown into prison. A lot of them had been beheaded, amen, and punished all kind of ways, fiery furnaces and everything else. So David had some power over the prophet. And the prophet knew that and David knew that. But David, amen, the godly part of him, Amen. That inner man of him, he climbed off of that throne where all his power was and got down on his face and repented and confessed. That's why he was called a man after God's own heart. Amen. And I need that. I'm hungry for that. I desire that in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. So David took another man's wife Amen. Hallelujah. Had her husband killed. 
played the hypocrite for about a year. Why did God allow David to go for a, you know, it was desire. Man looks on the heart, on the outward, but God looks on the heart. Desire obviously holds power with God. God looked past transgressions. He saw that desire. Amen. Still there. Still there. David messed up, but the desire was still there. He knew when he was carrying out that, when he was doing that, he knew that it was wrong and not right. And God saw that. Amen. Amen. Psalmist, Psalms 145 and 16, thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire in every living thing. Amen. God is not looking to give out special awards for people who got it right. This is the, this is the, the thing here, folks, that we have to watch out for. We do preach a holiness standard, doing right and acting right and, you know, being a cut above. This is, the danger is that we get up here and get victory over a few things and we get to thinking we're more spiritual. And, and we don't even know we're doing it, but we'll start looking down at folks who don't fast as much as us, who dress a little holier. I'm for all of that. I, I, we need to do more of that. But, but I, you know, I can't, I can't get myself up here and all this, guy, man, I got the victory, but you don't. So, so let me say this again. God's not looking to give out special awards for people who got it right. But he's looking for people who have desire. And in fact, it just turns out a lot of those folks didn't get it right. And they keep on getting it wrong. Hallelujah. Listen, God does want us to do right. But if we don't measure up, he looks beyond our trespasses. He sees the desire in our soul. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy wants to destroy desire. He wants to get you so down and out and tell you that God's a million miles from you and doesn't care and he doesn't hear your prayers. Might as well just go out in the world and have a lot of fun. Listen, listen, this is my saying. I've said it already. I'm gonna say it in different words. When we fail God and realize we can't do it, and when you got get to thinking that... Uh, you can do it and you are doing it, then you need to repent of that. Because you can't. Nobody's, nobody's ever been able to do it. When Paul said this, and Paul said, I would do good, evil, evil's always there present with me. He talked about that war going on. You can study that any direction you want to. And you're going to realize the scripture saying that Paul was messing up. You know what that does? I don't think less of Paul, but it does give me hope. <laughs> It, give, it, it helps my desire just a little bit more. The great apostle Paul that reached the known world with the gospel, with power and with authority, cast out demons, amen. People through the, the prison, prayed, amen. I had a worship service and God sent an earthquake and shook the jail, amen. Everybody in there got saved and delivered if they wanted it. Amen. So, so, you know, just wanted to throw that in. So we, we're probably not going to get everything right. Hallelujah. But, but, but what really happens is we just keep dropping the ball and we keep going back to the altar. <laughs> That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Matthew 10 and 22 says, he that endureth to the end. 
Didn't say he got it right. He did everything right. I know folks come into church, walk in like, mm, I'd rather, mm, they don't even, listen, listen, you ain't gonna find a church that's got it all right. They don't exist in this earth. No, 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 no. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And that's what it's about, amen. Listen, how we endure without desire. Listen, sometimes all we have is desire. We're not shouting about that, but I, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it's kind of going where it needs to go. Amen. We don't have any answers. We, we're hurting. Our prayers don't seem to help anything. They just like, they go about as high as the ceiling maybe, and, 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 and that's as far as we can get. Amen. We come up front with everybody else, but we don't feel any goosebumps. Nothing is working for us, but we have one thing left. It's our desire. God, I, I really want to serve you. I really want to do right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Devil, you may take my money. You may take my health. You can cause my friends to turn their backs on me. Hallelujah. But Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be it sounds like desire to me out of that scripture, amen. When, when we hunger after God, we desire God, we seek God, health, money, friends, all of that will take care of itself. Just seek God first, hallelujah. Seek ye first, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and all these things. What things? All this stuff that we want. All this stuff we're trading off for the things of God. No, no, all that'll come to you if you just seek God first. Philippians, I'm gonna move. Let's stand together while we'll get some music up here. I've been preaching long enough. You got the point here. Amen. Philippians uh, uh, verse 13, Philippians 3. Amen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, Paul said, I've not made it yet. When you think you've made it, Again, you need to go back to the altar <laughs> or just wait around. Guess what? The devil will come along and show you that you didn't make it yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Oh, somebody needs to get a hold of this. Amen. Forgetting those things which are behind. What, what things? Those Those things that weren't right and those things I did wrong and some things some folks did wrong to me. I can't quite let, we gotta, we gotta get past that, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth on those things, amen, which are ahead of me, hallelujah, amen, which are before me, amen. I press toward the mark. Take some heart, take some desire, amen. We're in a battle, we've been in a battle. We've prayed and prayed again, amen. But I press toward the mark, the prize, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, I press. It's the power of desire that causes us to do that. Amen. You know what God will do? God will allow the enemy, amen, to put things on you, sicknesses and trouble, but he, he does that for our own benefit. Does that to help us. You know, that woman with the issue of blood, 
I don't think she wanted to be a member of Jesus' church. I don't think she was worried about membership. In fact, I don't think she was even cared about a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> she had a desire, though. She had been to all the doctors. They took all her money, and she was no better. Spent it all. And so she was at the end of the rope. They used to tell us when you get the end of the rope, just tie not into the end of the rope and just keep holding on. That's what she had done. But she heard about Jesus. There was a possibility that she could be healed because she heard this man had power and had authority. And she said, if I could just get near him, close enough to touch his garment, I know, that's how faith works. I know I could be made whole. God let, lets needs come on people. He lets physical situations, family problems, all okay, he, he's doing that where we'll cry out to him in desperation. That's how it works, folks. But, but, but you know, we got these dreamers, pastor, preachers that dream that everything's gonna level out and everything's smooth and, and if you are in trouble, you must be out of the will of God. Now, there's some people you know, that could probably come out of that pit if they would make a few adjustments in the way they live. It's like the guy that wanted me to pray the demons. I had demon activity, things falling off the wall in the middle of the day and in the middle of the night and all kind of things. Would you pray the demons out? I said, now we could do that because when we pray, the demon has no choice. He has to go. I said, but it wouldn't help much with you got all the doors, spiritually speaking, all the doors and windows open. We could pray him out and he'd have to go, but guess what? The way you're living and the way you're acting, he got the Holy Ghost in our altars. I never could see one change other than he'd show up for church when he could. Smoking like a smokestack and, you know, the liquor store and the booze store, you know, just not, not there's gotta be some change. I'm not saying that people that smoke and I don't say that's gonna send you to hell. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying there ought to be some changes take place. Kept cussing, kept lusting, kept doing everything in the world. And so, guess what? The devil will go right outside the window. When I leave, he'll come right back. Hallelujah. So we need to do some changes and say, devil, get out and stay out. But you're gonna have some trouble. You're gonna have some problems and it's gonna remind you again. Amen. The one that can get you out of that. Heal your body, amen, set you free, hallelujah, praise God. Desire has its own language, hallelujah. We don't care what it looks like, we don't care what it sounds like, I'm gonna get my deliverance, hallelujah. The, the, the promises of God have been given, but it's our desire that will determine whether we receive the, these things or not. The power of desire will see you through the threshing process. We talked about it a little bit. Cut loose from the world, amen. And you know, that's what, when they cut that wheat loose, it's just a stalk, it's a stubble. And so we have to deal with that. Guess what? It's taken to the threshing floor. Amen. It's, it's the place of separation 
where the chaff, they call it the chaff, is separated from the real grain, from the, from the wheat. But, but when the wind, see, I, I don't know who's wheat or grain. I think I do sometimes. But, but the thing that determines what you really are is the wind. They throw that up in the air and the wind's blowing. The, the light stalk and the chaff and the husk and the leaves and the dirt and the trash, guess what? Just blows it away. And the grain's got a little weight to it. And the grain will settle right back down. So trouble and trials and tests and winds of doctrine will blow those out of here and away from here they really wasn't grain anyway. They didn't have the desire. They didn't have the mission. I'm not submitting that. You know, people don't say that normally out loud, but, but you can just watch their life a little while. You guess they just go so far, and no, mo, a lot of times that's not very far. You can do whatever you want. Hallelujah. But they're gonna do whatever they want. Hey, folks. There's a reason for the process. There's a reason for the cutting the, the you know, the, the stalk loose. And there's a reason for the winnowing. And, and you know, uh, the reason is that, that that grain, you're gonna take that and grind it and make bread out of it. Now, there's none of us that want leaves and dirt and stalk in our bread. <laughs> We don't want all of that. I, don't, I want wheat if I'm gonna have wheat bread. Let me do one other and I'm closing here. Amen. Luke 11 and nine. And I say unto you, ask and you shall, it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Did, did, did we get this, did we get this simple message? We, we quote that scripture all the time. Jesus was speaking here. He simply said, it shall be given you but you have to knock. It shall be open, but the key is you have to knock. Hallelujah. I love the Amplified. I just flipped over and looked at the Amplified, and I'll say this in closing. Amplified says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking, and knock and keep on knocking. Somebody said, I went to the altar. Nothing. Hey, go back to the altar. Amen. I forgave them. I forgive them again. Amen. I clapped my hands. Well, keep on clapping. Yes. I shouted out loud. Well, keep on shouting. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I preached too long. God bless you, forgive me, amen. But there's power in desire, power. Oh God, I messed up again, but I desire you, Lord. Hallelujah, God honors that. God will bless that, amen. Amen, let's praise him right now one more time. God, thank you. Thank you for your sweet, precious word. Thank you for your good spirit. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your power. Oh, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We magnify you, we love you, we bless you. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I'm hungry for you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, get a hold of this. We've got the truth of God's word right here. Everything from our standards. I'm just not dealing with Acts 2. Everything from our standards that separates us from the world. I can go to the Old Testament all the way in through the New Testament and a Christian, a Holy Ghost person, amen, a godly person. You don't have to sit down and have a long Bible study with them. You can look and see them from a distance and say, oh, that's one of them over there. I still do it. I still do it in the mall. I say, oh, it looks like a Pentecost. We can drive up. We did it just not too long, just a few days ago. It looked like a Pentecostal lady over there. Why? I can just look. I can tell. It's an outward. Somebody said, all in the heart. Well, it will eventually make its way out to the outside. If we'll quit justifying what we do or don't do, it's not about you. It's about your neighbor. It's about your kids. It's about friends who are watching you. I said it the other day. I said it the the trend is, and I, I preach about preachers just a little bit, and I'll be careful not to, uh, you know, ridicule the ministry in, in, in an ugly way. I, I preach against that, but, but, but to make a point, listen, it's popular now, uh, you know, for the pastor, the preacher to, you know, be cool. Be cool. And y'all know I don't like suits too much. I, I like a, a polo, you know, Brother Chris. Nice, pretty one, you got me. You know, Dockers, you know, different shoes that's comfortable, more comfortable. So I'm with, so it'd be easy kind of to win me over. And it's nothing wrong with any of that. But preachers are doing that where they can be more like the people they're trying to reach. Listen, I ain't gonna be like the people I'm trying to reach. They may think they want that, but they really want a man of God or a woman of God. They really want something that's up, up, up here. That's what they really want. So guess what? Guess what? I, I'm not coming down. I, I, you know, when I die and y'all do my fears, well, you know, he was old-fashioned. Yep, you're right. And it may change and that may be all right. Amen. But right now, I, I'm just not gonna do that, all right? And so I'm doing it for you. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be better than you. Amen. But I don't think that we need to, I don't think I need to come out here with my coffee mug. I'm going to be friendly with you, but I'll go back where you are. I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of like a politician. Praise the Lord. Hey, look like some people, you know, doing a, a toothpaste commercial. I mean, what's so funny? <laughs> I'm not going to unbutton my shirt, show off my muscles. I'm 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 pretty muscled up, you know, but I'm kidding. They trying to beat no 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 don't come down there. Listen, I'm doing it for you. God bless you. Get you some desire. Fight till you get it. Keep it. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Shake hands and be friendly. Don't forget to sign up. Don't forget to sign up on the Christmas banquet. We want you there. We're gonna have a great time. Sign up soon. Do it today. Amen. And, and so we got, they, we, the church has to write a check for those people, and so you'll help do that. God bless.
Brother I Bobby? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah his, he was, his, yeah. his, um. He and Brother Green. That was the okay. Number. Yeah, go do that. Yeah. Hey, sweetheart. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.